installment of the yummy coco show this is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches music interviews and games i'm your host yummy coco aka colette prosper i'm a comedy writer and filmmaker on this show we talk about everything from the women's soccer team receiving equal pay finally uh for their hard work um great um we're still in the fight for the freedom of choice um The struggle still continues. It's Haitian Flag Day today. Uh, Also, there was something else. I think Charlize Theron is dating Halle Berry's ex. And then the uh, Ernie Barnes Sugar Shack painting brings in 15 million price. So like, um, what is it? (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. An iconic image sells for $15.3 million at Christie's to Bill Perkins, an energy trader who says he's been waiting his whole life to buy that work of art. If you don't know that painting, if you have ever seen Good Good Times, I think it was in the opening credits, there's a, a painting and it's of um, people in a sugar shack, black people in a sugar shack uh, dancing and uh their bodies look very like languid and and beautiful and 15 million dollars somebody bought it and he waited his whole life he did it he bought it i bought it congrats um mr perkins so um you know not getting hustled uh keeping your head underwater no that's not that's not not getting hassled not getting hustled keeping your head above water making a wave when you can yes that's the lyric <laughs> not underwater anyway jimmy shaw will be uh joining in later um but first up here sean also if you like this show please give it five stars it's how you can help people to find the show thought you were gonna interview me yeah, well, it just it just uh, it just started to record, so, so we missed a couple lines that you just said. Oh, I said I thought you were gonna interview me. Yeah, well, yes. Now I'm interviewing you. So, Sean, we're gonna play one of your songs. Can you uh, cue it up? Can you can you tell us uh, a little bit about it? Is that the term? Is that what radio people say? Cue it up. Uh, I don't know. You're the one that has a podcast. Okay. Are you doing I Want to Experience? Yeah, we could do that. All right, so that one uh, is featuring Brandon Coleman on Vocoder. Um, and uh, I think that would be a good one to feature because Brandon Coleman's album, Black Interstellar, Inter- sorry, Interstellar Black Space, is coming out on Friday. I played the record release for that. That was really fun. That's awesome. I actually co-wrote um, the title track for that song, Interstellar Black Space, with Brandon, and that was really fun. And um, it's going to be an incredible album. All the tunes I heard on it are really awesome. And uh, so this features him. It also features Ryan Porter, um, our good friend, and uh, 
plays trombone with Brandon and with uh, my friend Kamasi Washington, who was also playing um, the other day. So, um, very nice tune, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Thanks, Sean. That's great. So, what did you say to me when I gave uh, birth to to uh, to Sean to little Sean? What What did you say to me? What was your compliment to me? Um, what was your I don't remember. You said, "Damn, you gave birth like a boss." I mean, you did give birth like a boss. It was quick. It was, you know, you went, you did your thing. It was like a couple hours. It was good. I knew you could do it, and uh, you prepared, and you did it. And now we have a child, and he's out in the world, and he's doing his thing. And, uh, and today's his he's birthday. Nine years old. I can't believe it. Yeah, I didn't want to air his age because then we'd have to air our ages, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to go there today. It's all right. I'm about to be forty years old. Damn yo. Yep. All right. So here it is. I want to experience.
no sketch today, just music that was I want to experience. And now here's my chat with comedian, writer, director, Jimmy Shaw. Audio is recorded. Okay, good. I yeah. thought that's what you said, and then I was yeah. like, you know what? I have a giant zit, and I have an event to go to this week, <laughs> and so like I need it to go away. So it's happening. I was in yeah. like my writer's room. I was in my writer's room today with it on. So. Oh, nice. Pat, just you know, put on a little patch. I just was like, I just don't have time for this. Like, I don't know what to tell you. What's so. it called? So I can I can buy it at Sephora or whatever. Um, well, I know like Hero Cosmetics has one, um, but I use the Course RX one. I think I just bought whatever was on sale. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So like, and they're good, you know, I, have you ever used them? No. Okay. You have to wait. This is like, I know a lot about this. You have to wait until it's like really like a whitehead okay. until it does its magic. But what it basically does is it like rapid sucks the like gross goop out of your face and nice. then it just flattens the area so it's like your makeup can go on like easier do you know what i mean you yeah. can seal it better than like does the and patch I have... dissolve yeah no it doesn't it's like that's the thing i'm like i, I don't think it's biodegradable which i'm like a little bit about but yeah um... sorry sorry environment <laughs> sorry world <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess. I gotta, I gotta I mean, look good. I just, you know, I, I've never thought about it until just now. Like, now I want to look it up. But um, they, it's just like you keep it on for like a few hours. Like, you can keep it, I think you can keep it on for like up to like a day. Yeah. Um, and then like most of the time I just like go to sleep with it. But this one is so massive that I was like, come on, I need to like rush the process a little bit. So. Have yeah. you ever felt the need to put two? No, never two. Um, but uh, they have like different sizes. Like you can okay. have small ones and big ones, and the small ones aren't as noticeable. But this one, like I said, is it's fucking huge. <laughs> it's oh yeah, like, well, I, I can't see it. Yeah. I can't see in this okay. light. You look lovely. Um, I, I I tried you, to do it on purpose. Yes, yes. No, you look great. I I Thank typically you. for um. For zits, like I'll I'll use maybe like tea tree oil or I've fine. had um I used to go to this esthetician in New York and it's like kind of like this blue goop. Um it, it might have hyaluronic acid in it, which is why it's blue. I don't know what's in it, but it's supposed to be for zits. It's probably expired because I haven't been in New York for three years. Um and it's probably like <laughs> like three three to five years old, but I'll use it every sure. now and then. I'm like, please, or like toothpaste. I don't think you're supposed to do that. I think it's no. too drying. Oh no! <laughs> well, no like, wonder. I struggle with hyper, I struggle with hyperpigmentation, so that's yes, why I use me the too. Patches. Yeah, that's why I use the patches. Otherwise, I'd have just like this giant like mark for months, yes. and, months and months and months and months. I I have so, one. Yeah, like I I yeah. have one currently on my cheek that it's like yeah. very slowly going away. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I get this. I have the same thing. Yeah. So the patches help with that because I feel like it just it's like a healing thing. People they used to use these patches more. They're like 
hydrocolloid, I think is what it's called. Um, okay. They used, they used to use, they, I feel like they're most commonly used for like injuries. So if you like cut yeah. yourself, um, it just kind of helps the healing process. So like it has like collagen or something in it. I don't, I don't know what it, I don't know. I don't know what it does. Okay. It just, all I know that it does is that it helps my, uh, massive pimples. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So CosRx, I'm going to, um, so that's like yeah. CO, COS, um, RX. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to check that yes. out. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, check yeah. that out. Okay. So awesome. This is yeah. amazing. So we've already like, we've started, um, <laughs> right out the gate. We're talking about zits. We're, we're getting yeah. like beauty tips. This is amazing. Yes. Jimmy Shaw, thank you so much for, for being here. Uh, Jimmy Shaw is a comedian, writer, director, um, beauty uh, consultant. Um, <laughs> not, not really, but, but not just really. for, for this moment. Um, she's worked on shows like Disney's Mira, Royal Detective, Peacock's Press Start. She is currently co-creating and writing a comedy series with Break the Room Now, Power Keg, which is uh, Paul Feig's uh, production company, Hyde Park, Shiv Hands. This is amazing. Her dramedy screenplay, Mira, was a Sundance Screenwriters Lab semifinalist. She's worked with such comic legends as Kevin Hart, J.B. Smooth. This is amazing. So we've talked about pimples, but I, I do have some icebreakers. I know we, we just broke broken ice basically already. Yeah. But can we break the ice some more? Because I, I got these yes. like awesome conversation starters. It's off a postcard at Jenny's Ice Cream. My son is obsessed with Jenny's Love Ice it. Cream. And they, they just came out with the sunshine flavor. So we, we went yesterday. We had to try it. Wait, what's in the sunshine flavor? It's funny because it's like super murky looking like gray sludge, but it's called sunshine. And when you taste it, it tastes kind of like uh, passion fruit. So it, So it's like, oh. It feels bright. The notes are bright, ah. but the look of it is very dark and gray. And, um, you know, it, it looks like like school clay, like clay that you would make oh, interesting. at school. And yeah. Um, I love but, it. But yeah, or, or like mud. It looked, or something you put on your face, like to suck yeah. up a pimple. Yes. <laughs> but but then you taste it. And it's like it's, it's sunny and bright. So anyway, um, icebreakers. Okay, yeah. I'm excited. Um, what was the best part of your day? Uh, watching Bob's Burgers. Uh, nice. For the movie? <laughs> no, I haven't seen the movie. Um, I don't think it's out yet, but I watched oh. Sunday's episode. Nice. Um, and Jean has like like a little toy that's like a Tamagotchi-esque thing, and I just I had fond memories of my time. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I love Eugene so much. Um, I can't wait for the movie. Um, next question. How are you brave today? How was I brave? I mean, I think wearing a pimple patch <laughs> in a writer's room with like mostly men and just daring somebody to say something is pretty brave. Yes. <laughs> to be honest, for me, it's pretty brave. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's very ballsy. It's great. Yeah. Um, I would do it. Uh, what was something you've made? What? Okay. What was something that made you laugh today? Man, I feel like. I'm always like giggling all the time at something. I mean, our conversation has made yes. me laugh. When I realized halfway through that you were recording my uh, my pimple saga, I was like, that made me laugh. I feel um, like this is information that people should know. 
I just need to like clarify that I am not good at this. I have no idea what a hydrocolloid like patch band-aid is. Um, I just do what the TikTok girlies tell me to do. You know, yeah. like, they figured it out. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, Emma Chamberlain or or who yeah. who do you who do you um, check um, out? Well, I um well I have lots of varied interests, so I definitely follow like Glamzilla. She's like my okay. baby um expert uh uh-huh. I love um I really I really I really love everything I follow like a lot of like 30 plus fashion because I'm nice. plus and I feel like that's where my space is I follow a lot of so like longer creators. skirts 30 plus fashion <laughs> is basically longer skirts uh sometimes a crop top uh uh-huh. you know, an occasional one not too much uh no i think it's a lot of actually I, I watched a bunch of videos today of people being like where are we supposed to shop like what where are you supposed to go when you're like 35 years old and like want to look cool but like aren't quite like able to pull off like space genie looks yes. that like the kids are right i'm, I'm um, in and the no same one boat. had an answer yeah no one had an answer no no one does yeah um, so. it's a weird space because we're not old. Yeah. We're not Emma Chamberlain, you know, 23 year old or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So it's like, what do I wear? Um, I, so I'm going to a wedding on Saturday and I bought mm-hmm. a dress. Uh, I was, I, I, you know, thanks to Instagram because Instagram, um, will kind of troll me with like clothes because they're, they're, mm. you know, it, there are no answers, right? But like Instagram is trying to give me answers. Yeah, They're yeah. trying to say, hey, Reforma- you like Reformation, so maybe you're going to like this, like, or Farm Rio or whatever. And I I think that um, in the pandemic, I've been doing too much online shopping. Like I haven't actually been in a store, tried on clothes, looked at it, you know? Like I, I've been online shopping mm. too much to a point where like I just – buy these sort of like wild things like so um farm rio i bought this like banana print jumper um love it it's cute but like i don't know if i tried it on the store i probably would have found something else but because i bought it online and then i don't feel like returning it because that's like that's so much work um so my uh son read me the other day read like read for filth like a la rupaul's drag race in that I bought a dress. So so again, you were, we were talking about skirt length and like dress length. Yeah, yeah. So Selkie has these really cute baby doll dresses also on mm-hmm. Instagram. Super cute baby doll dresses. Like you look like like a like an English tart. Like, you know, you're just gonna get like railed against a tree on a countryside. <laughs> like I'm like, I want this. Yeah. I want this princess life. And so I look at the site. I'm like hours, like I'm, I I could be devoting to my son. I could be devoting to, you know, writing. I could be doing so many things, but I'm really like looking closely at these dresses. And after a while, and and all of the dresses are like over $250. So I know my husband's going to give me shit for it too. Like, please don't buy this. (laughs) Anyway, I, I settle on this dress and I buy it. And my son who read me for filth, like I, I put it on. And he Uh said that I looked like a fairy that needs a better job, something like that, (laughs) like a fairy like that with not a great job. And so she she's not dressed very well, basically, like like it told a story. 
It's so 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 basically to kind of fairy. Yeah, under, yes. Okay. <laughs> An underemployed fairy. Yeah. And so Love we were it. kind of riffing. He was taping me. He's like, you say you want better pay, equal rights. Um, oh and so because we were we were kind of like improvising. Um, but you know, I'm gonna wear that on Saturday. I'm I I I liked how it photographed. Um yeah. our friend, we have a mutual friend, Alexis. Alexis, like it's a great investment. Keep it. I can't wait. To I see love the it. Photos. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm. Even my husband was kind of like, because I sent him the video where we were riffing, and he was like, "Yeah, it's kind of weird." So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's it's appropriate length, but okay. it is it has a kind of baby doll empire waist, like kind of Bridgerton vibes. Sure. Um, open back, so I have to wear Ooh. like silicone bra cups. Okay. Um, to to really pull it off, um, otherwise you'll you'll see my bra strap in the back. Sure. And I know I know there's going to be somebody that says the back of your dress is open, and I'm going to have to turn around and say, no, this is what this is the style of the dress. <laughs> so it's a very weird dress. It's very weird. I'm, I need to see these photos. You have to post. I have to see them. Yeah, it has to I, happen. Yeah, I'll, I'm I'll, so excited. I'll send you. I'll send you a picture. Um. Have have you ever have you been online shopping in, in your have, shopping quest? Oh my god, I have done so much online shopping, but I do like bottom barrel like clearance. Like okay. because I'm still Love mostly it. like working from home, uh -huh. I'm just kind of like I don't need to spend a lot of money on things. Um, that like on clothes especially, right? Yeah, I feel like I've like fluctuated. I've lost weight. I've gained weight. I've lost like it's been Same. a but a you know a journey these past couple of years. Yes. Um, so I've just been buying like really cheap, you know, like brands I really like, you know, mm -hmm. things that are you know like like made well, but like the cheap part, you know, the cheap parts are made, made yeah. well, or like going yeah. on to like um, like Depop or Poshmark or whatever, just like finding like just cheaper clothes. And I and I what I it's been great because I feel like I found some like really interesting pieces and I've been trying them out like. Um, just kind of randomly, but yeah. I also realized I've run out of basics. So I don't have like a basic white t-shirt, but I have like a all velour, like floor length, <laughs> like light blue, like dress. Nice. <laughs> this is kind of juicy, like in the juicy couture, like yeah. <laughs> early aughts. That's, that's awesome. It's, it's like, why do I own this? But I don't own a simple white t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I've just been like wearing it out and just like trying things and it's been it's been fun. I, I feel like I I don't know who I am, you know, now that the world is sort of like opening back up fashion wise. Same. Yeah. Um, so I'm just trying some things out. That's how that's what I'm doing. Same, same. Me too. I feel like um like if we look at ourselves as like sort of Pokemon um characters, I'm like yeah. in between uh I'm in between Pikachu and Ryuchu. Like I, I, I don't know uh. how to be. Um, there's yeah, also yeah. like this this rabbit evolution one too that's like Raboot and then it becomes Cinderace. Um, so uh -huh. I'm, I'm kind of in between. Uh, uh, Raboot was kind of like the teenager rabbit, and then Cinderace is like the adult. So I, I, I'm in between. I'm in this yeah. kind of like fashion purgatory too, um, coming out of yeah, the yeah. internet where I'm, I'm uh, coming out of the pandemic where I'm just like <laughs> you know living on the internet and yeah. And just looking at Instagram pictures and seeing like women, I'm like, okay, 
I could kind of look like that if I put this yeah. on. But then you put it on, you're like, I don't look like this woman. No, I do. <laughs> but I don't want to go return it. Some yeah. this, you know, banana jumper or or like, you know, velour dress, yeah. velour gown. Why not? Why yeah. not? I yeah. yeah. I feel like I feel like I definitely care less now that I like especially over the past couple of years. Like I feel like I'm just like what is anybody going to like really truly say to me? You know what I mean? Yeah. If I'm wearing my floor length velour dress, like I wore it to um, an art exhibit that was like not the appropriate place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, but in, the, in the world of, of Sheree, she by Sheree, who's going to check me, boo? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you, you yes. have to. Yes, exactly. You've got to do and it. So... Atlanta, because that's where you're from. These are your people. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, you know, I, you know, when I lived in New York, I mostly wore all black. And so now I'm just, you know, also like LA has no real, like, I feel like it doesn't really have like a style. Like it does, yeah. there's not, there's just like people kind of, I don't know, like this, it's, it's such an obvious like statement, but it's like the, the like everyone's just doing their own thing. Do you know yes. what I mean? Yeah. And like certain neighborhoods dictate certain styles, but like mm -hmm. I'm not gonna let like where I live dictate what I wear. That is exactly right for who I am. So I feel like it kind of works. Like I you know, you leave them guessing. You're like, where could this person be from if this is what she chose to wear today? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then the next day you could be a totally different person, like style wise yeah, yeah. and and just flip yeah. the script and they're like, Whoa, she's yeah. so innovative. The last uh huh bought like really seriously bought clothes I was working like a corporate job <laughs> so uh -huh. I have those clothes and now I have this other like mix of stuff so it's definitely like you know I wear I have like a lot of blouses and trousers and like things like that and then I have like tie-dye which is what I'm wearing right now like yeah, tie-dye <laughs> like, tie velour you know I, I think I bought something with like um I didn't buy it doesn't have bananas it has like cherries all over it like nice just, you know yeah Mix of nice, <laughs> nice, nice. I love, I love fruit, fruit clothes. Yes. Um, okay. So you were talking about like corporate working in like corporate uh, New York, but you also yeah. interned for SNL. So I'd love to know yeah, yeah. what that's like. What was that like working? And were, were you there? Um, I had a, a really nice conversation with, um, he's the co-creator of the other two. His name is Chris, Chris Kelly. I don't know if you were there around that time. Um, I think I was there before then. So now I'm like the timelines are sort of, I'm not sure. Um, but I was- So definitely like Fred Armisen, like Kristen Wiig yeah. time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was an intern uh, the like, like winter into summer of 20, of 2009. Nice. At SNL. Yeah, I worked in their photography department. So, you know, like when, um, when you're watching SNL and they'll go to like break uh -huh. uh, and it'll, and it'll just be like a picture of, um, or like a photograph of like, yeah. Whoever the talent is or whatever. Yeah. Like, Rihanna or yeah. Yeah. Whoever. Ariana yeah. Uh -huh. yeah uh, we took those photos. So I would help, you know, like light and, you know, like catalog and we got to go on set every, I think it was like Tuesday and Friday and we would shoot one day would be the musical act and the other day would be, um you know the the feature talent and wow. yeah it was a really it was a really cool experience and 
Um, I worked as the photographer. I think she's still there. Her name is Mary Ellen Matthews. She's incredible. Yeah, she's, famous. You know, yeah, super, super amazing. I think she's worked um, on um, like Vanity Fair, I think, too. Or I'm, mm-hmm. I might be confusing her with another Mary Ellen, but, uh, but yes, I know the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if she's also done stuff, even if it's a different Mary Ellen uh, yes. that you're thinking of. I wouldn't be surprised. Like if Mary Ellen something. Mark or something. Okay. Anyway. I'm not sure, but, um, but yeah, Mary Ellen Matthews, super, she's so talented, so amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, worked with her on, on, uh, worked with her and then she had like other people on her team. Um, and yeah, it was, it was really surreal. Cause like, you know, you, I was like young college kid and, you know, I knew that I really wanted to intern at SNL and it was sort of like, I have to figure out how to get there. I have to get, figure out how to get there. Yeah. Um, loved obviously SNL as a kid. And then, you know, like it's iconic, you know, you, you land on like the floor and you're just like, Oh my God. And then you're in the studio and it's, it's was definitely like an amazing time. It was awesome. One of my past, one of my past guests, uh, Emily Schmidt, who works currently on ghosts on CBS, Mm, she used to, um, yeah, it's great. She used to stand on the, I think she would go like every Saturday, she would stand on line. Um, she somehow struck up a friendship with Kay Cannon because this was back in like the Jason Sudeikis age. And so like Hera and Jason Sudeikis, who's uh, having a tough May, May, having a tough (laughs) month of May in the, um, I don't know what happened with the custody paperwork, but it it went to Olivia Wilde in, during a press conference, like, not well-timed anyway, but, for Emily Schmidt, well timed. She was talking to his ex-wife, um, Kay Cannon, and Kay Cannon um, really liked her because she, um, she, like you know, she's young. The Emily at the time was very young and like really interested in in sketch and um, mm. improv, and so they they hit it off. And she ended up working with her on clock on uh, uh, cock blockers on blockers. Oh, okay. So. Anyway, did did you have opportunities like that to like really in like I mean she wasn't interning but like she was just online but like did you have opportunities like that as a comedian to connect with any of the comedians that like worked on the show? Um not in such a like direct way, uh, yeah. but I think the exposure of just being in that space and like mm-hmm understanding you know like working in photography i think we were kind of our own <clears throat> like little department and people yeah. expected sort of different things from us um but i think just being in that environment and being in that space and seeing like the energy and the talent then the creativity that it takes to kind of make this happen every saturday is yeah. like infectious right like and i did get to meet a lot of people um and a lot of you know the other interns in that weren't just in my department, but other departments. Like we've, you know, some of us have stayed in touch throughout That's the years. Great. So, you know, and we've all kind of found our our own sort of paths or whatever. Um, but I just was like so uh, taken back by it all. And it was, it was a lot because it was also like at that point in my life, like I didn't know I wanted to be, I didn't know I wanted to work in comedy. I wasn't, yeah. you know, like, I guess it, it was always in the back of my head, but I didn't realize like, how much it was going to be a part of my life. Um, and I would say that working there like sparked that for sure. You know what I mean? That's what I really, truly got out of it. Um, and then meeting people just, you know, your peers and like getting to see how like 
you know, how you'd be on set, you know, waiting to take a photograph of somebody, but then you're like watching sketches and seeing how they're getting made and re, yeah. you know, kind of, you know, readjusted. And that's an experience that like you're not really getting elsewhere, you know what I no. mean? So, um, so yeah, that's really, that's really what I kind of got out of it. Um, because so, I knew so that like whoever I was working with, I would come up with together. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's amazing. So what was your um, goal back then? Um, Were you at N well, you went to NYU? Yeah, I did go to NYU. Um, I went to film school at NYU. And when I got there, I wanted to make Bollywood movies. Which nice. Like <laughs> Still can um, happen. I would love that. I know. I would love that too. Um, you know, a girl can dream. Uh, and I went through college and I ended up, I think I ended up in the photography department because I wanted, I, for a while I was like, I think I want to be a DP. I love yeah. I was, I had started taking all these photography classes and was really getting into it. And I was like, Oh, I think this is like sort of what I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I was also like interested in production design and I was interested in like music videos. Like I was just kind of like trying a little bit of everything in film school. Um, yeah. and I left think, or I got into SNL because of like, I mean, I was like, obviously I love comedy. I've always loved comedy. Um, but, uh, it's, but it was like the photography aspect of it sort of connected as well. Yeah. Um, but then when I left film school, I was like, oh, I really want to, I left thinking like, I really want to direct. Like, I think mm -hmm. that's what I came into wanting to do. And I think I've sort of left having done all these different things. And I think I still want to do this. Um, but then a bunch of things sort of happened. And I was like, oh, I think I like this other stuff. And I like, you know, like, I'm, this is the story of my life. <laughs> yeah, no, that's um, awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, so, yeah. you're, you're talking and I'm thinking about uh, many different things. Like one, I feel like Simone Ashley would be great in a like a kind of modern day American Bollywood sort of style movie. I feel like she would be great. She seems like she can dance and she could probably sing. I don't know. Or lip sync. I'm sure. I'm sure she could figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure. And she wouldn't like she wouldn't really need to sing. She could lip sync. And I'm sure she could do that. Yeah, I, don't, I, feel, I believe she could do yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I feel like she could do anything. Um, she looked really amazing at the Met Gala. I feel like she could yeah. do it. Um, yeah. I I would love to see this. Um, so I'm putting it out there right now into please, the universe. Please. Yes, I've said this on so many podcasts. I've been like my Bollywood movie. When are we? Yeah, my Bollywood movie. Let's let's go. <laughs> I want I want this. I want this. I also have been thinking about. I'm thinking also about uh, Maureen Barocha. Um, she's a director oh, yeah. and she has a movie called The Prank coming out, which um, sounds really funny where like Rita yeah. Moreno is accused of murder. <laughs> she's a teacher. Yes. It's, it's really funny. Uh, but she's somebody who's a, a comedian, had an improv background, but was also um, who also is, is a director, too. So she she makes movies sort of like, I guess, like Paul Feig. So. Um, okay. So we, is that something? Yeah. Are you are you focused right now on the writing or are you also looking to to direct? Um, first of all, I just want to say Maureen and I just recently met, and so oh, nice. I'm like already a big fan of her. Yeah, <laughs> amazing to see wow. her movie. Um, she's doing such incredible things. We follow each other on Instagram, and I'm always just like, I'm ah! your number one fan. <laughs> yes, I follow her. I want that would be great to get a follow back. But uh, but yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> um. But uh, wait, I forget what we were talking about. Um, like, do you want to? Are you focused, oh. or are you, what are you focused on now? Um, so I think 
definitely more writing. I think I've had sort of a, I've had like a really winding career path. Yeah. And, you know, before I kind of land, like, you know, dove first into, um, dove, dove headfirst into like TV writing, comedy writing. Yeah. Um, you know, I told you I was working this corporate job at yeah. was like marketing. And so I was doing a lot of directing for marketing and doing like directing for digital content. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of like scratching that itch too, but I realized through like, I got into um, stand-up comedy, you know, post-college, um, you know, kind of fell into that world a little bit. And I realized that like, I love actually truly just like writing, telling stories, you know what I mean? So yeah. Um, I found that to be like the next cor- sort of like creative itch I wanted to scratch. Um, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I think all the time about like, when is, when is it going to be the next moment for me to like direct my own short or like my, you know, my next thing. Cause I, I definitely am like catching that, like that feeling again, where I'm like, oh, I miss directing. Um, but I think like at the moment I'm pretty focused on like, like, you know, writing t- for TV and film. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, I wanted to uh, pivot sort of similar to uh, having having to do with SNL is sure. that, um, like, I don't know if you've um, seen it, but, like, uh, the pilot for I Love That For You just came out with uh, Vanessa Bayer. Oh, and uh, Molly Molly Shannon's also in it too. Yes. It's yes. Um, it's set in the home shopping network uh, world. Um, yes. There's a great moment where Jennifer Lewis, who is I guess the um, like the business lady behind the network, um, she asks newbie Vanessa Bayer, "What are you mm-hmm. selling?" And so Vanessa Bayer, who is a newbie, has no idea what she's talking about. She's like, "Oh, I'm selling placemats today," and she's like that wasn't what she was asking like and she was basically asking like jennifer lewis was basically asking like what are you selling in terms of yourself like she Mm -hmm. she wasn't um we we find out because you know she she then goes down the uh you know they're in a in a group meeting and so she's asking other people and other people are basically you know talking about what their shtick is um Mm -hmm. so like i feel like that's writing that's a pilot like what are you selling like a pilot should tell you what what it's selling even a tv writer in a way has to tell you what mm-hmm. they're selling so like what are you selling like i don't know i i i haven't really clearly formulated what i'm selling i guess you know haitian american comedy writer i like um you know i like seriousness but then i also mm-hmm. like absurdity so i i don't know how that fits into like a like a sort of tagline but like what are you selling jimmy shaw <laughs> <laughs> um because you actually I, go into pitch meetings you meet marine Ber- mm-hmm. bircha and people like mm-hmm. what are you selling i feel like i'm just trying to sell stories or tell stories that you know really lie at that intersection of like heart and humor right like yeah. i just i love telling stories about misfits i love telling stories about like women that are like fucked up you know ready to burn down the world um and that just need a little and that are really really just looking for love whether that's like family whether that's romantic whether that's internal like that's really um the types of stories that I'm trying to tell because I feel like for such a long time that was like the thing that I was always looking for um and you know those are 
you know, like I love when I think of heart and humor, I think like, like my first job in this writing world was working at Mirror World Detective, which is, you know, a show for, um, for preschool, for, for preschoolers. And yeah. I really loved it because it was like super funny, super, you know, silly. There's talking mongooses, but it also has like a lot of heart and there's like a lot of community and friends and, yeah. and, you know, sort of, uh, you know, like the love of the mystery, like all that kind of stuff. And, I really thought, like, I was like, this isn't just reserved for kids. Like, it shouldn't just be reserved for no. kids, right? Like, yeah. we all resonate with those with those feelings. And, you know, prior to working on Mira, like, everything that I was writing was, like, definitely had that, like, dark personal, like, twist to it. And then I, but there would always be this sort of, like, either, like, this community element or the self-searching element or or something around this idea of, of, of heart. Um, Mm -hmm. that was, I was always trying to like, that was sort of tugging that I was always trying to, you know, like tug at or whatever. Um, and then, and then working on Mira, I was like, oh, I think this is really like where, where it lies. And I think something like, obviously, like when I think of heart and humor, I think of like Ted Lasso, it's like a perfect example of that. Um, but even like we are lady parts. Yeah. But I think there's like something in even like I'm watching the flight attendant right now, and there's yeah. a lot of oh art in that too. Yes. You know, yes. and humor, so good. And it's and it's not a straight comedy, you know what I mean? But there's still that element of it too, and I find that so so rich that place, you know? Um, yeah. And like all that heart is in her, like is in um, Kelly Cuoco's character, like in her sobriety, in yeah. her you know relationship with her family, and her relationship with um her um you know with uh rosie Perez's character like there's yeah. all of that in that too and then she's just funny <laughs> like yeah she's yeah she's hilarious it's a great show yeah. because I, I also wanted yeah. to talk to you about russian doll too um but i'm having a tough time getting through russian doll but i am loving the flight attendant right now and i love how because back in the first season she would go into this sort of like inner world where she had to, you know, work out whatever crime or mystery she's trying to solve. And in that time, she was um, working it out with the person that was murdered. So the person that was murdered was was counseling her. Now it's her fucked up personality, her 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 fucked up past person. Mm -hmm. And even like, I think her teen self too, um, has made an appearance. So it's like, all of her different personalities are in this like, inner world right now and I I find it a lot more interesting and I I like how it's a new case like it's a new mystery that she's trying to solve but I'm Mm -hmm. I'm in it I'm into it and I and I really want to know what's going on um which you know brings me to like this content shitstorm that we're in right now there's so Mm -hmm. much good shit out there it's a television tidal wave, an onslaught on the eyeballs, like, you know, whatever. It's it's a, been a wild spring, like with abortion yeah. rights and racism, Russia, or basic human rights on the line, yeah. um, all hanging in the balance. It's the best of times. It's the worst of times. It's the spring of hope. It's the winter of our despair, you know, yes. but we're out here. So, we're so out you here. know, we're out here. So, so Jimmy, you know, I want to talk to you about like, you know, how you're navigating through all this malarkey, all this bullshit, you know, at, at a time when it's, um, it's so interesting, like everything is just so interesting. It's so amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so incredible. Yeah. It's so deep. Um, even the, the stuff happening in Russia is horrible. 
but like right. there's it it's also fascinating too and, and we're we're in the middle of it all like it's mm-hmm. it's it's incredible but like right. how do you like how do you tune out the world um and not totally lose your shit like is there or how do you what do you do like for me i roller skate that yeah. that's been a really good um mode to um to kind of get out of of my head a little bit i i've tried meditation i i still want to do that but um i i need an outlet to just yeah where it's not tv it's not a script it's not me getting a constant emails from hollywood reporter (laughs) about what's happening in the world so like yeah yeah i um i well, one, I definitely have days where I just let myself sink into the despair because I think nice. I have to have those days. Um, I think I take a lot of walks. <laughs> yeah, walks are good. Uh, walks are good. Um, I have, I cook a lot. I love oh. cooking. So I find I'm not good at it. I don't think I just cook a lot. Like I. That's great. I never cooked before the pandemic I think I made like my boyfriend and I have been together for seven plus years I think I made him mac and cheese twice before the year 2020 and that's about like it Annie's like, mac or you make like fresh mac <laughs> like craft mac and cheese oh nice okay <laughs> <laughs> not proud of myself um but the pandemic you know 2020 happened and we were all inside making stuff whatever um and internet I shopping I, yes and I realized I really loved it and so I um so i cook all the time now i don't know how to cut anything i don't do it anyway i don't have like any proper training i just like cut things i'm like diced okay this one's a little weird and this is another weird shape but it's fine it'll be fine it'll go to our mouths anyway um but i find it really cathartic and i find it really like um it scratches a creative bone but the steaks are like well you're gonna eat the meal anyway right like regardless of what it feels like what it looks like or or even if it's like early on i've gotten better early on yeah. it was like a lot of burnt food okay <laughs> or over salted food um but i'm getting better um i feel like it's a very finite experience cooking right it's like yeah you start cooking you make the thing and then you eat the thing and then it's done but it's still creative and you get to have like your own you can add your own sort of uh you know literal flavor to it right um so i started off like again early days of the pandemic i was like okay i'm gonna you know make i was like i guess we're gonna eat a lot of mac and cheese i bought like cans of soup like i was like i don't know what i'm gonna i don't know what we're doing yeah and then eventually like forced myself to start cooking and now i think i i think i may not be the most like polished chef but I think I understand flavor really well. So I think yeah. the food tastes really good. Do you know what I mean? But it may not look that great. Um, and So it kind of looks I, like that sunshine ice cream maybe that like- Yes, a lot of- <laughs> <laughs> Like gray, gray mud, but it tastes like sunshine. It tastes bright it tastes and, like and yeah, good. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I started like challenging myself to like, for like Thanksgiving, I was like, I'm gonna cook a seven course like yes (laughs) just for my boyfriend and i because like whatever and i just like i'm gonna do this or like for diwali i made all of this food from scratch from like one of my favorite cook like cookbooks from a restaurant in um in london called dishum like i just i've been doing it and i feel like you know my boyfriend's so sweet because he'll never tell me that like it doesn't taste good so i also have like an easy built-in like (laughs) 
Like, will he go back for seconds? Oh, that's how I know it's good. That's how I know it's actually good. Yeah, he goes back for seconds. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that was him, always like, the top thinking? chef. That was always the top chef uh, thing. Like if, if yeah. uh, Padma or whatever went for a second taste, um, the chef was like, okay, I'm good. Yes, yes. that's how it is in uh, in our home too. Um, nice. So so yeah, I found, I found cooking to be very, um, very, very much something that like I find when I get really like stressed about, especially the world at large, I'm like, okay, we're eating you know like i'm gonna like a gorilla chicken from scratch like yeah <laughs> you know yeah I mean? like it's just it's you know it's all or i'll start baking or i'll make donuts from scratch or i'll make this wow like, here we go um so i find Should that you get like a good. fryer you got like a, one of those like oil fryers for the donuts no, i actually i actually make these really great baked donuts they're very wow. very very good yeah wow. and next time i see you in person i'll, I'll bring them to you <laughs> yeah i would love that yeah yeah baby cakes we have that's one of my uh cookbooks that i have um they make really great vegan uh donuts but i've never yeah. actually made any of them so so yeah that's that's really cool i would love to try yeah. that yeah um and then, do you make bagels um, too or um i've not tried to make a bagel. I think I should. I don't know why I haven't done this. You um, haven't gone on the bread route yet. No, I don't think I'd be very good at it. I don't also think I have the patience for it. Because I watch a lot of also like Great British Bake Off. Yeah. And like bread week to me is like so stressful. So, <laughs> so, so I don't know. Like because they have to prove they have to prove the the dough, which I I don't know what that means, but I guess like you you put it in something for like fifteen minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has to like do its thing. Like I don't know either. Yeah, I'm not I'm not the great. But yeah, yeah, and then um, they get really upset, say. like oh I didn't prove it, and yeah. then it then it like sinks. Yeah. Like I don't. How are you supposed to know that? I don't know. Like there's no intuitiveness for me for that you know what i mean like i don't have the yeah. frame of reference there so um i find that that's the thing about cooking is like it's very intuitive for me right i'll be like yeah. i'll taste something and i'll be like i think it needs more of this this and this like i'm like ratatouille over here <laughs> like, yeah yeah that's I'm amazing rat in ratatouille. <laughs> yeah i mean he could cook he could yeah um and that so, was yeah, the whole thing behind the movie is that anyone yeah. can cook that was the yeah. whole meaning behind it including me, a, a rat yeah it took me a long time to realize that i am a rat like <laughs> <laughs> well you know um i'm now i'm thinking of a like a smashing pumpkins song where it's like we're all a rat in a cage um yes. so that that's us too <laughs> especially nowadays but like you know and then going back with the, like the kind of kid theme like you worked a lot in in children's television mm -hmm. um my there's a lot of great uh kids programming like um my son loves owl school and amphibia these days um yeah. there's a summer island summer summer camp island or something like that on hbo max um adventure yeah, time of course like um mm -hmm. great great stuff how has like working in children's TV helped your joke, like your stand-up joke writing, yeah. and then also like the adult stuff that you write? Because like with kids um, TV, like you can't lean on dick jokes and saying fuck like on South Park. Um, yeah. How has it sharpened your joke tools? I think it's just made it like, I feel like so much of my 
adult comedy is so personal, right? Yeah. Like even like doing stand up is so personal. It's about my life. It's about you know my um, my relationships, and then like your adult comedy, I feel like has to be sort of like we just live in a world where like everybody wants like very specific comedy, mm-hmm. and so it can be it can feel a little niche. But working in kids, it has to be broad. There's no like niche kind of comedy, and you're also like not just writing jokes for kids you're writing jokes for adults too who are like co-watching or co-viewing with your child so it just makes it a lot broader and like broader comedy is harder (laughs) to me than like you know very specific uh like sort of niche kind of spaces that you could be in because like you know like you can like there's like research and like you know you could do things that are sort of like oh man this very specific group of people will get it like this one moment in this adult show and it'll be great whatever but like for kids there's no inside there's no insider thing right like it's like a lot of gags a lot of physical gags and then if you're coming up with a joke that is you know in dialogue it can't be super heady so it's just made me more aware of like the comedy in our day-to-day if that makes yeah. sense like yeah the small things that are happen that are really funny and then like the the like very big things that happen that are really funny and I just try to like think about those all the time when I'm kind of either coming to the page for kids or for um or for adults and I think also like this is very unique to to me but my boyfriend and I are both comedians yeah. and he's such a like old school like Robin Williams like you know uh like like just that big broad sort of like Gene Wilder like that's like his kind of uh his kind of comedy and so I also like get inspired by a lot of like that sort of thing too very early on like I was like oh man like you have such a diverse perspective on on comedy because my stuff is like a little darker um you know like the Mike Birbiglia's the Bo Burnham's of like the world right and then it's like yeah there's that part of it um yeah and so I feel like I got a lot of inspiration from him too, of just like his kind of like, you know, like he would introduce me to stuff that like I wasn't watching and then I would introduce him to stuff that he wasn't watching. And I feel like just like absorbing all of that um, has helped, you know, like just mm-hmm. kind of like diving into the, into diving into the world. And then also just like knowing what you found funny as a kid, right? Like tapping into that, um, you know, there's this uh, mirror episode, I call it like my, my like finest moment of writing where I love that gag of like two kids in a trench coat. Like I love, love, love that gag. It's so funny to me. Like they're spies. Um, yeah. And so I wrote in one of my mirror episodes, um, this gag of like two kids in like a silver kameez. So like two, <laughs> there's like two, two girls and they're wearing like, I don't know if you've seen, um, South Asian women wear this, but it's normally like a longer dress with pants and then like another, like a shawl or something on top of uh-huh. it. So they're basically wearing that. But I was like, I did two kids, I get two kids in a trench coat, but for like the South Asian girls, you know what I mean? And I just, yeah. I was like, this is why I write TV. Like, this is it. This is the best thing I'll ever write. <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing will ever compare to this. I watched that moment, like I just aired a few weeks ago and I watched yeah. it. I was like, I pretty much every viewing of this thing. And I'm like, I'm like, that has, I don't know what people will think, but I'm like, I'm a fan of the, also the things that I write. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, well, I don't because, enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, um, you know, you're, you're, you're making the things that you want to see out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. You, like, I would, I love silly stuff like that as a kid, and I would have loved to have seen, like, you know, 
young brown kids doing silly things and so being able to see that and like having it be so culturally specific right because they're wearing this very specific outfit but yeah. such a broad joke of like some trash coat right like it's that um and to pull it off was so satisfying so gratifying and I felt like five-year-old me was like you know like she would have been proud <laughs> she would have been proud awesome. about a lot of things but she would have been proud about this <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you know, speaking of inside, so, you know, we were talking about like um, in our previous conversation, we were talking about Russian doll and I'm not sure how far along you are. I'm still in the middle of, of watching it. I haven't finished it. Um, I, I, I had to finish um, killing Eve. I had to finish Ozark. <laughs> like so there was so much, you know, in the, you know, the cavalcade of content, like I, I've, I've kind of put it to the side, which is interesting. Like currently, as we're talking, Ozark is number one. I don't see Russian Doll in the top ten, so I don't know how it's doing. Because um, that—that's sort of like how how we know what's what's going on, and is is that top ten now on Netflix? So, anyway, um, what are your thoughts about the show? Um, I I wanted to talk to you about it because. Just like you were saying about um, like the you you were using the example of like the two kids in the trench coat. It's like yeah. there was something very specific to you that you wanted to see out in the world. And I feel like that with Natasha Leone. Yeah. She's very specific in her like kind of like old man panache, right. um, Lou Reed, yes. black <laughs> coat, like walking yeah. down East Village. Like she's so fucking cool, whatever. And it, I'm kind of eye rolling. I love her. And it's like, I eye roll her also <laughs> now. I love, um, but I'm a teenager. Uh, I'm a, ch a cheerleader. You know, I grew up watching her. I, I, I love yeah. her. Um, however, I feel like this, this uh, season is kind of like up its ass. Like it, it's, it's very interesting. And it's wonderful. Um, what they like, it's, it's very um, audacious. Yeah. But it's uh, it's just like a little harder for me to to just binge it and watch it. It's something that I, I have to just kind of take it piece by piece. Mm -hmm. It's not like the first season. The first season I watched it. It was like the coldest weekend in New York and our, our pipe burst. Oh and I God. remember we were um, this um, this like young plumber came over because it was like an emergency. So this yeah, young yeah. plumber came over with like his like wife or like spy handler. I don't know who came with him, but like <laughs> she had to come inside with him and he's he's fixing our pipe and and we we're watching the show and and immediately like you, you know we were talking earlier about like what are you selling it's like immediately you watch it and it's this like raucous party but then all of a sudden it keeps repeating yeah. and then you're you're hearing um harry nielsen it's in mm -hmm. you're 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 thrown into like this this time loop it's yeah. really amazing yeah, yeah um, for sure whereas this show this season i'm i'm not feeling it the same way and makes me a little sad. So like, ha are you watching it at all? Have you given it a shot? You're watching Flight Attendant, which is awesome. I'm out, yeah. I've also watched, I've also started watching Made for Love too, which is also one of my faves. Yeah. Yeah. That's also yeah. on HBO. So like, what are your thoughts overall? Yeah, I watched all of it. I couldn't stop. My, I couldn't stop. I thought it was. Russian Doll? Yeah, yeah. I watched season one and season two. Yeah. I oh, watched, no, I watched okay, season wait. one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I won't, I won't give anything away. Um, yeah. I know, but... I know a few things cause I, I don't like surprises. So I, I, do, I always read ahead. So I know, I know a few things. Okay. I and don't, don't worry about spoilers. Okay, good. 
um I feel like obviously season one is a masterpiece like yeah. it's was like nothing that I've ever seen before especially not right. from like um a female POV I feel like she's such a great Nadia is such an amazing juicy character yeah. and you know like I still going I still go around saying like Thursday what a concept right? like, yeah <laughs> saying this right so like I felt like season one um, was just, I mean, it's just spectacular. Um, right. Season two, you know, when you watch that first episode, you're kind of expecting that same, like, energy, the same yes. momentum. And it doesn't happen in the same way. Um, but I think it's deliberate. And I think it's actually, like, it's, I think it's supposed to challenge us as a viewer. Because I think this season, the themes are so like there it's so much deeper and it's yeah. so much um uh to unpack that i feel like it wouldn't you know like it's it's not as simple as like uh you know the first the first season maybe is like you know in the colloquial you could say it's or like you know in our everyday we know that it's like a bit like ground groundhog day right right but even though this is like going back in the past it's not our idea of going back in the past it just challenges all of those tropes about like that we've seen in tv about what it's yeah. like to go back in the past and like change the future and etc cetera, etc cetera. like time travel like it sort of challenges all of that so it needs to take a different like it needs to take like a different momentum i feel like and so i found by the end of it that it was so satisfying and so like nourishing for these characters and mm -hmm. you know the heavy heavy stuff that like nadia has grown up with you know what i mean and like not just her but like generations of women in her family um and i really like as sort of like complete seasons i'm like oh i'm really excited for whatever happens next because like to me if we're like if it's like season one's about it's like what happens in when you die and the second one's like what happens if you go in the past then it has to be like what happens when you go into the future <laughs> Like, yeah yeah exactly well, like well yeah like the like the nesting doll uh yeah. where it's like there's you know the inner dolls um i actually have a motroiska uh that was one of my birthday presents from my husband um but it's it's of russian leaders and i think someone stole our gorbachev so i i, I currently <laughs> i i have um Yeltsin. Yeltsin is my, the first big doll. And then if you go in, it, it goes, it goes down it. the line. So I'm missing Gorbachev. Somebody yeah, stole it. Um, but, but anyway, yeah, it, it, it's like those gold coins in, yeah. uh, in Russian, yeah. doll, in Russian. Yeah. Doll. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. I love how the show seems to ask, like, what do you do when so much of your fate seems to have been determined by forces you can't control. I feel like that's yeah. something that's explored in this season. Uh, and I love the idea of like generational trauma. Yeah, um, I, 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 yeah I, I definitely relate to that. And also um, the idea of having uh, like a mentally ill mom. I, I grew up with that as well. And yeah. um, it, Natasha Leone was talking about that too. Like the idea that like you couldn't really have friends come over or like you're, you're constantly right. like kind of sort of apologizing for them. So I, I grew up with that too. I totally relate to that. Um, and maybe that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm just like, I have to take it like piece by piece, but I definitely, yeah. um, I definitely want to, to go back to it and, and finish it. And yeah. I'm glad that it exists. And I, and I hope that, you know, now we don't know what's going on with Netflix and, right. um, 
and also just uh, streamers in general, like I think that they're all sort of like having to tighten the belt um, because uh, they're not really taking chances as, right. as they have in the past. This is definitely a risk taker kind of show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, sure. you know, and, and the second season feels like I'm sure somebody gave her notes, but it doesn't feel like she was given a lot of notes. It feels like she was given free reign. Yeah. Um, like even uh, I'm reading uh, Bob Odenkirk's, Bob Odenkirk, Odenkirk's, uh, sorry, mispronouncing it, um, of Better Call Saul fame and Mr. Show. I'm reading mm -hmm. his uh, memoir. And okay. it's really interesting when he's talking about working on Mr. Show with David Cross and how HBO, at that time, HBO was still pretty young. This is before Sex in the City, before like, you know, their original content sort of outshined, you know, the movies that they right. would show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and so they gave them a lot of not a lot of money. They didn't give them a lot of money, right. but they gave them a lot of free reign. And yeah. it allowed them to do whatever it is that they wanted. And I feel like Natasha Leon had that opportunity, which is something that, that's a dream. That's that's yeah. what we would all want. Um, and, she, you know, what she's selling is very specific. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, it's a very cool, cool girl in New York, you know, East Village. So it's just like, um, I wonder if they'll, they'll make that investment again. I, I hope so, because I think by the time, like, season two ended, and I really sat with it and I thought about it, I was like, the story that specifically happens by the time you finish the second season, mm -hmm. it's like, it's breathtaking what they tried yeah. to do, right? It's yeah. very ambitious, like what they tried to do. And I think I think they do it really successfully. I found myself by the end of it, like just so um, like having gone through this like emotional roller coaster and, yeah. and it felt so satisfying. It felt so gratifying. And like I said, I said this before, it's so challenging too, because there are things that are happening um, you know, that just kind of like definitely put into jeopardy, like all of our ideas around time travel and all of our ideas around like, okay, well, is this a thing that we should be seeing? Or like, I've never seen a character do this before. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, wait, how far did you get? I want to talk about this like very specific thing, but I don't want to go for it. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I think I'm in the fifth episode. Okay. Like, I love this. Go. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, ah. Oh. I was like, please, please, if you haven't seen it, stop watching. Stop listening right now. Um, yeah. Well, don't, don't, because I, I need your, I need, <laughs> I need your ear holes. I need sorry, your ear holes, everybody. But go out. Yeah. No. Minute. Yeah. It go, go for it. <laughs> um, Which is that, like, she gives birth to herself, which is like. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because yeah. she's her mom. Yes. And wow. So, and then, like, whatever happens after that is just so. I've just never seen anything like it. It's so profound. It's such an in like an engrossing tale of like generational trauma and like specifically yeah. with women. And like I I both like resonated, was also a little like, this is so wild. Like it was it just brought up a lot of emotion. And I think anything that can make you feel all of those things deserves to be talked about, watched, you know, like Consumed celebrated because, yeah and celebrated because like what else like you know it's so rare to find something that really challenges you in this in a way that I feel like the show did and as somebody who has like you know like 
I come from, you know, I live a different life than my mom does. My mom lives a different life than my, than my grandmother did, right. you know, like our lives are so, you know, my, I always tell a story about like my grandmother, you know, my, like didn't know how to read or write. And then, yeah. like, you know, my mom had an arranged marriage at 17 and then there's like me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like in three, in just these three generations, like look how much yeah. has like changed. Um, in, a, in, a, in Atlanta, your mom, or this was um, in, in India? Well, my mom, yeah, my mom grew up in India, and so she got, you know, she had arranged marriage to my father at, you know, seventeen. My dad was also young. I mean, he was he was older, but, you know, and it was like that was the norm. But it, right? it, was, it got her a ticket to to America. But it wasn't like that's what she was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yes. Um, but it was more just like this is what kind of you know happened. Yeah, uh, no, I get it. I get you it. Know, like my dad was it's just this expectation of like you have to get married. You know what I mean? And yeah. so. Um, I don't live that life, right? Like I'm yeah. like I'm in an interracial relationship in my 30s, not married, <laughs> like living yeah. with my boyfriend. Like that's that you know we've come a long way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So to have all of that happen within like three generations of women, it's like a lot. It's a lot, and so I think right. like this show. Um, I feel like that I really kind of like connected with that aspect of it of like how like you know, how you're both, um, how like you can be a product of something in a way that's very similar and different, you know, like the ways yeah. that we are products of our environment. Um, and I feel like Natasha Leon like captured that. And I feel like that's been like a lot of what I've seen lately. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like I'm, this is a thing that we're seeing a lot of, which is like, I feel like Turning Red did a really great job of this. Yes. I feel like um, Everything Everywhere All at Once did a really great yes. job of this. You know, like this is just another, and I'm like, more. We need more of this because, like, every time I see it, I feel for the first time like truly, really, really seen um, as a, as an audience. You know? Yeah, because yeah. there. I mean, my my mom is um, no longer with us, and um, right. again, like you're you're bringing up a lot of stuff that that I'm. It's conjuring up all these these uh, like additional thoughts, but like you know, I think about things that like I can't ask her. Yeah. And even uh, Natasha Leon's character, Nadia, giving birth to herself, that her mom in the show is dead. And she can't ask, she couldn't ask her. Her mom was was not in the right mindset yeah. anyway to like ask her, what was it like giving birth to me? Um, so it's like she she had the opportunity to experience it herself. Mm -hmm. um, so that, yeah, that, I, that that really touched me like when, when, you, when you said that. Um, yeah. And even even like your mom's experience or like, you know, my parents experience, my parents were neighbors um, and and it wasn't an arranged marriage, but in a sense, it kind of was because sure. it's kind of like, oh, you know, you guys go together because yeah. you guys live next door to each other. So it was yeah. kind of like that. Um, and then I was saying that like for your mom, like it was um, I don't know how they were put together, but they made the choice to get married and then they, they come to the States. And it was similar to my parents. They made the choice to get married they come they come to the states my dad had connections in new york so it was probably like oh that was probably you know one of the selling points for him um but anyway my point is just that like um to get there's there's so much information that we don't get yeah. from our especially my grandmother like i have no idea what her life was like yeah um both 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 sides uh you know, we don't, we don't know the ins and outs. There's a lot of things that they don't, they, they don't tell us. Yeah. Um, so, so it is really interesting um, that these, these stories are exploring that. 
yeah. um, exploring the things that like our our um our ancestors never told us yeah and i think like even just between my mom and i like my mom lives in america she's you know like an amazing i mean she's an amazing mom and yeah i love her to fucking death but like there's just certain things that she'll like that i don't understand like i don't know what it would be like to marry somebody that like she knew my dad for i want to say like three weeks before they got married like yeah. you know no one forced her hand but it was like you know it's time for you to get married you know here meet some men pick somebody and now like live forever with this you know what i mean like it's yeah just, like surreal thing and i would never i have no idea what that would be like like i can't i like three weeks like i'm like would i have done that with my boyfriend like well that's the whole <laughs> premise of love is blind and the ultimatum yeah right, right. <laughs> you get three weeks right it's just like that's so crazy and and you know and like and then the, the the reverse of that is that like you know those times where i've had like you know like my crushes and like heartbreak and this guy did this and this boy did that like yeah you know, my mom was there for me because like obviously you know she doesn't want to see me sad but like it's not an experience that she like knows or understands i mean i think we both understand like love right like love yeah i think we both have in our lives um but i think romantic love as it is for everybody can look very different and it looks so different for us you know right um, right and so like the expectation too yeah and like the, the the worries or the whatever and like you know i mean for being as an indian american woman in this i have a very specific experience that maybe other indian american women don't have and it's okay um yeah. is that like you know for like i was my mom was the last person where it was this expectation that you have to get married in order to to like survive in this world right you can't if you don't if you're not married then you won't be able to like how are you going to feed your family how are you going to whatever like you need a man to take care of you like that ended with my mom right and like yeah. now there's me who's like you know like i want to get married because <laughs> it's like a social construct <laughs> like yeah. it's like a contract right so i'm like oh the tax benefits seem nice um so, so, and then it's like a like a living agreement it's so unromantic um but i you know i love <laughs> my boyfriend right i would you know and i and i, I obviously have put on a dress you put on a nice dress and yeah, people give you like, money and yeah sure. all of that sounds wonderful um but you know it's not like i need my boyfriend to like live in this world otherwise i'll be ostracized and my family yeah. will lose their you know their their reputation and like whatever like that's not that's not the reality of like my life um and i know that's like like so it's not every indian american woman's experience it's not every indian woman's experience but it, it's like it's mine for sure you know right right yeah. we didn't we didn't talk about pachinko but that that's definitely an element in pachinko too yeah uh, on, on apple plus but yeah it's yeah. just the the idea of um what what you're supposed to do yeah. And then as, as time evolves, you, the, you, you, you're, we have more choices as yeah. our choices are slowly being taken away from us in real yes. life, like yes. with abortion and voting rights and, and whatever, which is, um, you know, because there's so much freedom, that's when yeah. people start to step in and like, Oh, too much freedom. We got to, you know rein this in yeah so uh so this is this is again you know best of times worst of times kind of right. kind of situation that we're in um 
So, which brings me to a game before I let you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play a game in all this okay. chaos. I'm uh, both excited and scared. Yes. <laughs> Okay, I want to pay, play a game totally poorly thought out okay. called Bopper Flop. Okay. So, you know, I'm going to read some entertainment news headlines. I want your opinion. If it's a bop or a flop, there are no winners. It's a matter of opinion. Okay. So first one is Daniel Radcliffe gets weird in the first trailer of Roku's Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Bop or flop? Uh, bop. Because I love yes. Radcliffe and I can't, I, I like waiting. I've always loved when he like plays these like, like crazy, interesting characters. Not that like Al Yankovic is, I guess, I don't know, Weird Al is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he wears a really curly wig and a mustache. Yeah, I just love when he like, he really steps into that character actor like place. And I'm just, I'm always excited for him to like level up into the next thing. And I feel like this is, this is it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. It's a total bop for me. Um, he looks really hot in, in this moment. He's like topless on stage. He looks like super fit, and I'm like, wow, this is great. Um, it's it's billed as a untrue, the untold true story of Weird Al Yankovic. Um, it documents his rise to fame with early hits like Eat It, Like a Surgeon, um, as well as his torrid celebrity love affairs and famously depraved lifestyle. So I'd, I'd love to know about that because um, he just struck me as like a super nerd that like went to bed at nine o'clock and <laughs> didn't get into much uh, trouble. He wasn't like Billy Idol or whatever. Um, I feel so. like he's probably gotten into so much trouble. A name like Weird Al, you got to get through some weird stuff, shit. Like, wow. Like yeah. sex sex clubs and leather whips. And... Give it. I love yeah. anyone uses the word depraved. Let me see it. I need to see yeah, it. Yeah, I want to know. <laughs> I, I have to know. Um, it's on Roku, so I don't know how to access that. There's also like swimming with sharks happening right now too. And that's also on Roku. I, I don't know how to access Roku. I, even though I have a Roku, I don't know like, I have to figure that out. Anyway. I yeah, I think, yeah, I think you could just, I don't know how it works. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. This is like, <laughs> I turn on the Roku, but I don't see a, I don't see a thing to press Roku. That's, like that's I see a, all the real game is that we yeah. need to figure out how to watch Roku. Cause I will, I need to watch the show. It's a show yeah. or movie? It's a, it's a show. I think it's going to be, a, oh yeah, it's God. a series. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited. Okay. I need to figure out how to access the, the Roku channel on my Roku. I, I have yeah. not figured that out yet. But in the meantime, number yeah. two. Okay. Netflix has released a new trailer for the Pentemberate Mike Myers six-episode Netflix comedy series in which he plays eight. Yes, eight characters. I didn't see this. Is this all from today? I feel like I'm Yeah, just, this is like, like today, I... like, the you know, this month. Okay. I was like, I haven't seen any of this. Um... I feel like everything's gonna be a mop. I feel like I'm just like so. I'm such an easy. I'm such an easy audience. I just really love like 
the fact that like we live in a world where we get to do this and it looks yeah. like, so cheesy but it's truly how I feel um that's great I love it I'm gonna say bots because I love the Austin Powers movies I'm sure they're problematic now I don't even know but like yeah. I don't care <laughs> yeah it's just fun like childhood stuff I, yeah. I, I always reference it yeah like I mean a lot of vagina I, I, <laughs> there's always something that reminds me of there's it's like yeah. get in my belly like all of yeah. so like not yes. whatever but i it's just our childhoods right so yeah um you know why not because there's not that many comedians doing that kind of stuff now so yeah. there's a definitely somebody in the world who's missing that type of humor and if mike myers can uh can uh cater to that like you know why not so i'm gonna there's say um, I, I'm kind of flop because it's Mike Myers, but, uh, but I, I, my bop is that uh, there's an actress in it, uh, Lydia West. I really like her. She's British. Okay. Um, she was in uh, uh, It's a Sin and in Years and Years. I like her. Anyway, she's in it. Oh, but I really, I'm just looking at the cast now. Like yeah. Jennifer Saunders is like an amazing oh, love comedic actor. Like yeah. Debbie Mazer, love her. Yeah, cool. You know, yeah, like <laughs> it, it has a bop. It has a bop. It has bop appeal. It's it's bop appeal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Next one, Paramount CEO Bob Backish says new Jackass series in the works for Paramount Plus. This is tough because you're gonna keep telling <laughs> me nostalgia stuff, and I'm gonna be like bop. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to introduce my son to Jackass. Not appropriate. Did you see the Tony Hawk documentary on HBO? Not yet. Okay. You know, it's they're all about, friends. Yeah, it talks about that era, like what Tony Hawk was doing with uh, with the Jackass guy. So purely and nostalgic. Spike Jones. Yeah. Yeah, like it's all. You tell me something nostalgic, and I'll just be like Bob automatically. Like yeah, I'm just because like I don't know the nineties even though the 90s early 2000s like felt like a simpler time I bet it wasn't really truly but like my like you know 12 13 year old mind likes to think it was like, yeah think it was, <laughs> it, was it, it is hilarious you know yeah. just, um they do the dumbest things like you know ride a bike on 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 their stomachs like yeah I don't know it's fun and they, they're you they're all having a good time yeah, yeah. you want to do that go for it Bob for you Bob for everybody <laughs> Bob, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you get a bop and you get you a bop. Yeah. So so it's basically it's basically their MTV show again because it's it's based off the success of Jackass Forever. Um the creators are continuing their partnership with with Paramount Plus cuz like if you go on Paramount Plus all the Jackass movies are are available. So like this new series um just brings more like ridiculous antics um which is what they did, you know, back in the day on MTV. So it just it just comes back. Um it might be bad for society. Like it might be yes. a little bit like, you know, kids may try to emulate it, but like Yeah, they have to put that oh, disclaimer again. Yeah, you know, Johnny Knoxville and gang are, are having fun and being safe. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're more responsible than like say like those like TikTok challenges. Yeah, exactly. Where like people like risk their lives and die. Infections after them. Yes. Again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, next one. Spider-Man star Tobey Maguire was practically suffocating during iconic upside down kiss. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, suffocation gets 
a flop, but that scene is a bop. Total bop. That scene was total bop. Yeah, that this headline is a is a is kind of floppy for me. Um, yeah, because the upside down kiss, you know, one of the most iconic moments in any superhero movie. It was very unpleasant to shoot for for Toby. I can imagine. And so, um, so yeah, the the movie has turned twenty this month, which is which is crazy. That's amazing. Yes, I but, love. I rewatched all the Spider-Man, like all of them in like recent history. Like I watched the Tobey Maguire ones, I watched the Andrew Garfield ones, I watched yeah. Tom Holland. Like I am obsessed. I love all, I love, love, love Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire, I love him as Spider-Man. So yeah, he's that. great. That's what that, that's what, I mean, did he feel like it was worth it? Cause it was worth it. I it was mean, totally worth it. I mean, he did yeah. it, he got paid for it. He, and, he like, did it. And like we all remember it. Like I know, like I, Definitely for like a time afterwards was like, when is this going to happen to me? I know me and Chris Pontius from Jackass, Upside Down Kiss. Like that was, that's totally the mashup that yeah. I was waiting for. Yes. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, but yeah, so, so it was uncomfortable for him, but, uh, but you know, he got paid for it and he, he yeah. did it. Yeah. And it's uh, iconic. So it's all and good. it's iconic. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. Okay. Next one. Almost done. Behind Justin Lin, okay, behind Justin Lin's Fast 10 breaking point, the subhead, a Saturday to remember, it started as a talk with notes with franchise star and fellow producer Vin Diesel, escalated into a major disagreement and ended with a slam door. Justin finally had enough and said, this movie is not worth my mental health. Oh my God. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to say this. Um, wait, where is this from? Uh, I feel like this was Hollywood Reporter. Oh, interesting. Um, or okay. Deadline. Okay. It could here's have been it, Hollywood Reporter, I think. Okay, here's what I'll say. Flop for how much I love how, like, hot tea it feels. <laughs> and how much I love it. So yeah, I love the tea. tea. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I'm, like, I'm too nosy. I love to know the stuff. Love gossip. Um, and Justin Lin knowing like what he like yeah. what he stands for. You know what I mean? Yeah. If this is really what happened. Yeah. Um, uh, flop that they're le- that Justin Lin is now leaving and like whatever. But um, because you know Vin Diesel's like I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'm going to direct. Well, my hopeful thought is that they bring in a female action director. That would be great. That's that's how I'll leave that. I love the Fast and Furious movies. Like, yeah. Yeah. They are a, uh, they're a ride. <laughs> Speaking of like specific, like wild, like, you know, flying a car in space. Like, why not? Why, why not? not? I just feel this is where you catch me on a day where like I feel like the world is so heavy and so intense that like like I just want to let everything like Daniel Radcliffe is weird out yeah check go for it Jackass yeah. go for it Justin Lin you know go for it like do it like do whatever who like yeah. it doesn't matter like, it, it's it, we're I mean we're 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 that dog in sitting in the fire like the like sitting at a table amid a, a big fire and saying, this yeah. is fine. Like, it's, this is us. 
you know, like at this point, like do what you need to like live your life. I have no, I only have platitudes because I feel like inside I'm just like, ah. Yeah. But Justin Lin is probably like that too. And he was just like, you know what, Vin Diesel, I don't care anymore. Like, I'm just going to find another job. Like you can uh, keep that. I feel like when you're at that place and you've worked on something for so long, this is just my, my two cents. Um, I think that you get to this place where you just like respect the work that you've done. And then also know like when it's time for something new, do you know what I mean? Like, I think like, you know, there's this, this like salacious, like headline (laughs) is like one thing. Um, But I think the other thing is like, every, like my hope is that everybody left like mutually. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Even if this, even if it was a sticky situation, this is my hope. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I think he still stays on as producer, of course. Um, So he's still getting his paycheck. Yeah. uh, But I think that they'll probably just have to, um, they'll, I, you know, Vin Diesel's campaigning. I'm sure he's just like, I could do it. Um, so like, I, I feel like he's uh, probably, he, it could be him. They could probably get some other action guy. Um, I am so wildly fascinated by Vin Diesel. So I both <laughs> like, I'm also just like, I kind of want him to do it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just want to know. I just, I just want to know. Get, get in his know. brain a little bit. I mean, it's definitely going to be like, on the jackass kind of level, um, but we'll see. Let's, we'll see. Are they gonna go underwater? Like I'm, whatever. I think they already did. Wait, did they? I feel like they did. I, I don't know. I mean, they're gonna have to do time loops. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to um, hire Natasha Leone. Yeah, it's gonna be a Russian doll, Fast and the Furious mashup. I would watch the shit out of that. Like, yeah. <laughs> But then, but then Natasha's gonna be like, you know, Vin, we're gonna have to do some generational trauma, and he's like, whatever, no, no. It's, I think Vin Diesel would love that. I would <laughs> totally do that. I think Vin Diesel has like a really big place in his heart for heart. I think he loves that. The whole thing with Paul he loves Walker, family. Like, yeah, it's all. But about it's like his heart. idea of family. It's I don't know. I I don't know. Well. Uh, <laughs> I'm very curious. I but like curious 29. Yeah. A, a race through generational trauma. Yeah. Directed by it, Vin Diesel, starring Vin Diesel. as Vin Diesel. OMG. Yeah, because like he's he's totally like Olive Garden like family, but like is he gonna be like, you know, getting deep? I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm 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 interested. Okay. Uh, he's but, also but, Groot. He's also yeah. Groot. So he's got. He is. Face. Oh, I forgot you know? that. He's also the voice of Groot. So there's there's something there. That, that's interesting. <laughs> he has it in him. Yes. He has a bob in him. Yes. 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 Okay. Yellow Jackets showrunner say season two will shoot in late summer, but will be heavy on winter mystery. I don't really know anything about Yellow Jacket. You didn't watch it? Oh, that's a, that's, you got to do it. I'm a flop. I'm a flop. That's a, that's a flop. <laughs> that's a flop, Jimmy. You got to you gotta get on that because that's, uh, that's some crazy. I have heard so yeah. many things about it, and I love all the actors in the show, but there's so much to watch. There's so yes. much to watch. Yes. It's literally like the next thing I'm watching. I, I promise. I'm not just yes. saying. You can, you can have me back on as an addendum, and I'll be like, <laughs> 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're definitely revisiting the winter storyline. Um, they're calling it, uh, jokingly the winter of their discontent. Um, and it seems like, uh, they're trying to, um, air the the next season at the end of 2022 so i'm excited it's a great show it went off the rails kind of like the first the pilot's great um the show uh kind of uh meandered in some 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 episodes but like for the most part um solid characters um just very very weird and fascinating so um, i'm excited anyway last one okay elizabeth banks cocaine bear set sets February 2023 theatrical release. I only know about this, like, in the back of my head. Like, I, I can't, not in the back of my head, what am I trying to say? I only know this, like, I've only seen, like, things about it, so I don't really know what this movie is about. Yeah. But I'm all for it. About Elizabeth Banks, yeah, I love her. Total, totally, yeah. yeah. Elizabeth Banks directed. Um, the cast includes American star Carrie Russell, who I love, love. Uh, Margot Martindale, um, also from love. the Americans, Ray Liotta, got Goodfellas, love, love. Um, O'Shea Jackson. I don't love his father, Ice Cube, but I love O'Shea Jackson. He was pretty um, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ingrid Goes West and Straight Outta Compton. Um, it, I, incidentally, I, I, Ice Cube, um, like after Elon Musk was like, you on buying Twitter, um, Ice Cube was like, yeah, you can get me out of being shadow shadow canceled or like shadow shadow banned, shadow banned. yeah is he shadow like, banned? i think he says that he's shadow banned which is oh, shadow banned it just sounds like paranoid like oh, i've been banned but it's like you haven't been banned oh but i, it's I don't know thing. it's a real thing okay so <laughs> he's know. hoping so i think he he not unlike trump i think that he's hoping because ice cube's not trying to get on truth social so I think Why he's would he have shadow banned? Did I miss the whole thing about ice? Well, he's anti-vaxxer, and he's he said some controversial stuff. Um, I think having to do with vaccines, and so I think that's wow. why he got shadow shadow banned. I didn't know um, so this. He's hoping, he's hoping Elon will will save him, but um, I will see. We'll see what Elon does. Gross. Um, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> in the meantime, let's cocaine talk about cocaine. <laughs> yes, let's talk about cocaine. Um, because so cocaine, yeah, that that seems like a really cool um uh, story. I want to try to find the script somewhere, but um, Cocaine Bear follows an oddball group of cops, criminals, tourists, and teens converging in a Georgia forest, Atlanta, hey, um, where a fifty-pound bear has ingested a staggering amount of coke. Oh, I love this. Yes. This. Yeah, yeah. Phil Lord, Chris Miller, Adita Sood are producing for Lord Great. Miller. Very exciting. Total Very, bop. Yes, total, total bop. I, yes. That's what I was saying. Like, I was like, I'm pretty sure I know about this, but I, yes, but now all this sounds familiar, especially this team sounds amazing. They're all yeah. great. Total bop. Total bop. Total, total bop. Okay. Last question. What's making okay. you happy these days? What's making me happy these days? Um, oh man, I feel like I, I wish I had like a pithy answer for this. I don't know. Uh, just like FaceTiming people. Nice. <laughs> like nice. honestly, you know, like FaceTiming people, being with people, seeing people, like, you know, I think, I think I, I, you know, the pandemic made me so like, it made me go deep inside. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And I feel like 2022, I'm just trying to see as many people as possible, show love as much as possible, support people as much as possible. And I feel like, you know, having lived in three, in like two different cities and had like whole lives in these other cities, like I don't get to see people as much as I, I want to. And I feel like, you know, like being able to FaceTime folks and, and see what's going on in their lives. Like so many of my, my friends have had babies and I've yeah. moved on to big, doing bigger and better things in the past, like however many years. And, you know, it's just good to see, it's good to see people, you know, what makes me happy is seeing other people be happy. That makes me happy. Yes. It's yeah. Just be happy. Like everybody yeah. gets a bop. Makes us I happy. I really feel this way. I really do feel this way. I just yeah. give everybody a bop in this whole game that you had. Bop. Like, Bops for everybody. Yeah. You know, like everyone's <laughs> having a over here. Right? Like. Yes. Yeah. As the world flops, bops for, yes. bops for exactly. us. Exactly. There's like, I, you know, I think there's like a hundred people on my list that probably are, are flops at the moment. But like, yes. you know, I don't know any of them. So. Yeah. But the people in your world, bops. All bops. They're all bops. Yes. Right? I only hang out with bops. That's right. That's right. That's I need that on a t-shirt. Yes. Um, how can people find you? Um, I'm on Twitter, um, so at Jimmy Shaw, that's one M, um, and yeah, you can find me on Instagram, I'm at, I, you know what, I need to figure out how to make it all the same name, but there are different names for some reason, um, but I'm Jimmy Film on Instagram, um, yeah, that's, that's where they can find me, or my website, yeah. jimmyshaw.com. Jimmyshaw.com, that's yeah. at J-I-M-Y-S-H-A-H. Yeah. Thank you so much. So we'll see yeah, you next week. You. I'm yeah. I'm Yummy Coco. We'll see you next week. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye.